What a bum. Look at the freaking scoreboard. You are not close. You play to win the game. Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? You're a Jets fan. You guys have to earn this stuff. You're going to have to suffer through another few years. I don't mean to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but get off my freaking lawn with that. I forgot what it's like to win football games. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Only for you guys would I do this. Only on Gangs All Here. We love it. Ooh. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown alongside Brian Costello. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Brian Cos. And Josh McCown is joining us later in the show. Friend of the program, a second time on. Always one of my favorite guests on the show. Just a nice guy and his accent. You just want to have Chick-fil-A with him. You want to sit down like I did on Tuesday you know, at the airport and have chicken minis. And I got to share my quick airport story. Talk about shooting cranberry sauce to the moon. Shoot this guy to the moon, to the sun. You said shoot him into the sun. That took my suitcase. Let's go to the baggage claim. Takes a suitcase. Doesn't check the label. That's the rule number one is this, of grabbing a suitcase is, is checking the label for the tag. Does your suitcase have any significant color or is it just kind of a no, black suitcase? Black. Like, it's a new one I got. The last one I so had it broke, looks like so. every other suitcase that everybody has. Even if you take it, you, you check the like label. A, and if it's not yours, you put it back. That's common yeah. place. Uh, I don't care if you're tired, what you're doing. Also, mine, How'd is you heavier, mine is heavier than any other suitcase ever. So he should have known from how heavy. I had this microphone in there. I always overpack. I was there two weeks. There were like two or three suitcases left on this number two or whatever the claim and they called the guy there was one black suitcase i think it wasn't mine they called him luckily he answered i mean he could have not answered and i could have been there for hours upon hours i was already waiting an hour so they called him he answered they said hey like there's a black suitcase with your name on it and he said oh damn it i think i might have took the wrong one i, I waited saw... maybe an hour or 90 minutes till he okay, got there. it's not bad i saw this on my flight home from houston someone took the wrong carry-on oh. and the guy was freaking out behind me that's my bag that's my bag and then he had to race off the plane and chase them down in the terminal to get his bag back those have no labels so that's really no. bad oh <laughs> i've never seen God. that before though usually you know your carry-on pretty well you travel a lot so you probably experienced some crazy things i have not traveled a ton yeah, well, so but for traveling like with the jets no checked bag jake that's the key because it's only two nights so you don't need to check a bag you do the two carry-ons and you're you're good i'll go overnight yeah, somewhere and have a suitcase like it's unbelievable <laughs> How well, you cannot travel then because carry-ons are like carry-ons are the way like checking a bag just adds a lot of stress to the whole equation my so. carry-on is my backpack with my two laptops i'm personal and my work then i bring a book to make it like i'm philosophical and then i never read the book and i just will be on my phone listening Gee, to music two laptops I, and a book do you need surgery after these this trip <laughs> and then you have you know your chargers in there you got wow. you know cologne you got everything your content every, everything's in there and i never end up reading the book i brought the mark messier book and didn't end up reading it so uh i need to start reading more you know everyone talks about do you read girls would be like oh what book are you read i'm like i read a book since like one flew over the cuckoo's nest like i probably should do more reading anyway no one wants to hear about my reading habits but uh so glad to be back my family member is back daniel brown by the way my long lost brother after i mean something we need to talk about lauren duvernay tardif He's a doctor. What kind of doctor is he? Because I'm very interested in that. I think he's just a, a general physician. I'm not sure if he has a specific specialty, but yeah, he went he went and got his his medical degree while he was with the Chiefs a few years ago, and then you know, really amazing story. He he opted out in 2000. 
20 to um, help with COVID, you know, work on the front lines. He's from Montreal. I think he worked in a facility right outside Montreal. And, you know, this is when March of 2020 and, and beyond when COVID was ravaging hospitals, you know, he sat out, he won, he won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs and then went and did the COVID thing. And then he came back this year and hurt his hand. So he didn't play with the Chiefs. And then, and then they decided to trade him to the Jets. And he's he started the last two games, Jake. And uh, I think he's been an upgrade over Greg Van Roten. He looked a little rusty in week one, but I thought he played better this week. And, uh, you know, I think they upgraded at right guard there with him. I don't know if I need to call Elias Sports Bureau, but is he the first offensive lineman to also be a doctor in the probably history good of the chance. NFL? Yeah, it's probably a good chance. I just wonder if, like, the guys in the locker room were like, hey, Laurent, like, my elbow hurts. Like, when I move it like this, it hurt. Like, what is, like, you know, I wonder if they're, like, they're talking, because they might be afraid to go to, like, the trainers, right? Because then the trainers will tell the coaches, and then that might affect their playing time or something. But, like, they can get, like, some free medical advice from him. You know, Most offensive linemen need to see a doctor because they might be a little large. Yeah. I mean, he is. One. Yeah, so. <laughs> if he has an injury, if he like tells the trainer, like, "Hey, I just broke, I uh, broke the fifth metatarsal. You don't need to do an X-ray. I know it's broken. Like, probably diagnose himself." Yeah, and listen, the Jets, the Jets trade for him. They trade Daniel Brown for him, and they get Daniel Brown back. Look at that, we fleeced you, Chiefs. Look at that, we fleeced. <laughs> it's you not guys. quite or all this Chapman, but yeah, it's not not quite that. Yeah, Daniel Brown. Uh, Jets are really thin at tight end right now. Tyler Croft on IR. Trevon Wesco is now out for a few weeks with an ankle injury. So they basically have Ryan Griffin, Kenny Eboa, who's on the practice squad. And now they signed Daniel Brown to the practice squad. So I imagine they'll be bringing him up for Sunday to have some depth at tight end. And you also brought up Oral to Chapman. I, I also got to use this time to mention that Max Scherzer is a New York Met. Thanks to your good friend, Billy Epler. I mean, this guy there is There you genius. go. Brings in three guys. We talk about it. And now I get to Max Scherzer. And the Mets aren't done. Although Javi Baez left, but he'll be back here in 2024 when he opts out after two years. Wow. What what a week. What a week. And Jets win. Giants win. Mets get Scherzer. Well, the Jets will play the Eagles this week. And uh, you had a good tweet. I forget what it was, but about the Jersey Turnpike rest area where yeah. uh, will, be the, will be the home of the top 10 draft picks. I mean, four, five Jets, six, seven Giants eight nine eagles and now the jets will play the eagles in a bizarre situation where the eagles have two road games in the same stadium back to back which i'm gonna have to check with elias with that that might be the first time that's happened as well i seem to remember it happening with the dolphins at one point the eagles get there actually you know what who it was was i think it was the 49ers last year may have played the jets and the giants back to back you're right yeah at metlife and then they can they complained about the turf remember they they had a lot of injuries in the last year you thought they did it because of limiting travel that seemed with covid that seemed to be the plan maybe this was part of limiting travel they scheduled it like this (sighs) the jets are 0 and 11 all time against the eagles they've never beaten the eagles in the regular season so we'll see if they can snap that streak on sunday they're getting their fair shake of cinnabon and burger king from that that's pretty much the rest areas there and i gotta say burger king is trash i mean i I think i may have said this on the show before but god it, it used to be so good you go to that rest area and you get burger king they changed everything about them that it is a disgrace to fast food establishments now especially after you know having chick-fil-a and and getting wendy's and i'm just like burger king is just pure trash cause i mean i know doc corleone will probably agree with that too because he (laughs) he thinks you shouldn't eat fast food but i gotta say it is at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to fast food and especially rest area fast food i mean roy rogers which i don't even know if that's around anymore is above burger king wow that's a hot take hot take jake hot take 
<laughs> yeah, I would I would put Burger King down the bottom of the list of fast food restaurants. I'm with you on that. I you know I, I'm a big Auntie Anne's pretzel guy at the rest stop. Jake. That's, that's, I, I don't necessarily go for the meal at the rest stop. A little snack, you know. Auntie that's Anne's good, is the good at the mall too. Like a mall is is a big Auntie Anne's. I'll eat you know the food court and then get Auntie Anne's. But you know the the Jets and the Eagles and the Giants all batch together in the draft. The Seattle Seahawks keep losing, which is great for the Jets. It's stunning to even think. That the Seahawks, which is the Jets pick now, are the fourth, and the Jets are five. Like, what world are we living in? And what has happened to the body of Russell Wilson? Is this his, like, stunt double? Is it a clone? This is so bizarre, but Jets fans are rejoicing because their pick is higher than our own. I never would have expected this to happen, guys. Joe Douglas became the first general manager, Jake, to win on Sunday and Monday night this week. I had never seen that before. I mean, that was we talked to Peter King right a, a little while ago, and I remember when the trade went down. Peter did a lot of reporting from Seattle. Their big thing was kind of this arrogance about where their pick would be, and like, oh, we're always picking in the twenties, so it doesn't really matter anyway. Well, now it's number four right now. I still think they're going to win some games. I looked at their schedule the other day. They play the Texans. They play a few other teams that that they should beat even in their current state. So I think it'll slip down a little bit, but it can't go down too far, Jake. Where there's only six weeks left in the season, so pretty remarkable i never would have thought that they'd be getting a top potential top 10 pick when they made that jamal adams trade but you know here we are and you know that was a big story on twitter because you know the press box food extraordinaire connor hughes had tweeted about that's not going to look pretty on film i'm sure he'll share a photo of the interception that fell right into his hands though i guess jamal was not beloved here in new york as as we know because what, what did he tweet say that he, again for me he tweeted jamal adams looked like he wanted no part of trying to tackle jd or gibson before they went into the end zone for the touchdown and two point that's not going to look pretty on film i'm sure he'll share a photo of the interception that fell right into his hands though i Hot mean look jamal's a good player and people need to relax on jamal all right i know what he did getting out of here but he's a good football player I didn't watch that whole game, Jake, Monday night, but what I watched, Jamal was the best. He and Bobby Wagner were the two best players on their defense. They look like the only ones like really doing anything. I think they're playing Jamal out of position right now because they have to because of the way their defense is. I mean, he was 20 yards off the ball a lot, which that's not Jamal's game, but he's a good football player. That should never be a question mark. He, he can be a pain in the butt and that kind of stuff, but Jamal's a very good football player. I thought you were going to say there, Jamal's a good football player, and then you're going to put your uh, Tom Hanks voice on in Forrest Gump. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> uh, I was really hoping for that cop. Well, Zach Wilson is a big story this week because – his first home game was a national disaster. First two throws. Wow, a national just, disaster. Uh, it was a national tragedy. It was truly a, wow. a tragic a tragic game to watch. Very glad I did not end up going. I'm debating going on Sunday. We'll, we'll see. I'm debating doing Jets-Eagles. The weather's not going to be terrible. It's going to be 50 degrees. I have not been to a Jet home game yet. I haven't been to a Jet game yet this year, and I think it's going to be packed with Eagles fans that I might just think better and stay home but Zach has truly been Jekyll and Hyde you know it's been a long season but Zach Wilson has played two home games guys I mean it's crazy to think he misses four games or in whatever week 13 he's only played twice at home first time was that game his second time was people were ready to run through a brick wall when he won the first game of the year one of the Titans made the you know the 50-yard throw you know all the improvisation that he did so we have seen the very ugly and the very good of Zach Wilson. So this is a big one for him against an Eagles team that has a pretty good defensive front that's going to come at him and attack him. This is a big test for him, and it's a big chance for him to prove himself to Jets fans after a very long hiatus early to mid-October. So it's been nearly two months since he had a chance 
to show off to these Jets fans. Yeah, well, the Jets have four home games left, Jake, right? I mean, their their schedule is kind of front-loaded with road games. Yeah, I mean, look, Zach, just what you need to see from Zach, him to take over a game. One of these last six games, you'd like to see him be the reason the Jets win a game, right? I'm not saying he needs to do that every week. He does not need to carry this team for six weeks, but there hasn't been a game this year where you felt like, okay, he took over the game. He dominated. You kind of just want to see that. You want to see him put up some numbers in in one game. You know, he came close to 300 yards in that Tennessee game. Uh, I think it was like 297, something like that. But can, can he get a 300-yard passing game before the season's over? Can he throw three touchdowns and no interceptions in a game before the season's over? You're not going to know, Jake. And, like, I know everyone's going to want to say, like, we need to know about Zach Wilson by the end of the season. You're not going to know. Look around the league. Look at all the quarterbacks. Does Cleveland know about Baker Mayfield? It's still still going on. Does, do the Giants know about Daniel Jones? Like, there's still question marks. Like, it, it takes time. There's very few Patrick Mahomes out there. But I just think you need to feel like when the season ends that the arrow's pointing up for Zach and that you saw him, you saw the potential. You saw him dominate a game and win a game for the Jets. And I think that would make everyone inside the Jets and their fans feel better going into the offseason about Zach Wilson. Yeah, Kaz, you want to uh, look at the, like I said, the Jekyll and Hyde of, of Zach Wilson. And it's 19. 19- to 33 210 zero touchdowns four interceptions versus the patriots and that titans game 21 to 34 297 two touchdowns and a pick so you have seen the best of both worlds and now he's you know he's got the week under him you hope his knee gets a little bit better this week and uh we could see what he's got cold weather is ahead of him potential wintry conditions not this sunday but he's gonna face conditions there's likely gonna be snow or rain or or something 30 degrees he didn't receive a lot of that at BYU. So this is all going to be new to him. And he's already learning on the job and, and making mistakes on the job. So this is a big gut check final month for Zach Wilson. And first test here comes against the Eagles. They are six and a half point favorites at MetLife Stadium. Andrew Catalan on the call with James Lofton on CBS. Jets three and eight. Eagles are five and seven. What do you think of this game? This is interesting. The Eagles are coming off a disaster offensively, losing to the Giants 13 to seven. Before that, they were hot. They scored 44, 24, 30, 40. You know, the offense was clicking on all cylinders Jalen Hurts has come back down to earth it's a team that's still in a playoff race in a lowly uh NFC wildcard race where you could be under 500 to eight and nine this year and potentially get in they're playing for something here and they're gonna have a lot of fans making their way up stopping for that anti-ands and that Cinnabon and making their way to MetLife Stadium Sunday so I I expect maybe 60-40 Jets to Eagles or close to 50-50. Break this game down for us and make your pick. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have kind of gotten back into this thing by running the ball, Jake, right? They, they've they been great running the ball since about the middle of the season. I think the Jets have, have kind of fixed that area of their game. They, they got killed by the Colts, remember, 260 yards, but they've been better against the run since then. Thought they were very good against the Texans run on Sunday. The defensive line might have been their best game Sunday. Maybe the Titans game was a little bit better. So I think that they match up pretty well with the Eagles. And I got to think Jalen Hurts is kind of a little bit taken aback after his performance last week and, and might need some time to get back on track. Curious how the Jets offense does against this Eagles defense. Uh, when they played in the summer and, and they practiced in the summer, the defense, the Eagles defensive line had a lot of fun against the Jets offensive line. They, they played pretty well. I think that offensive line is kind of gelled now. And, and they, they the Jets ran the ball better than they have all year on Sunday against the Houston. I think that's the key in this game. Can they run the ball in the Eagles? And also, Jake, when we talk about Zach Wilson, can he start off quick? His first half, he hasn't thrown a touchdown in the first half this year. He's thrown seven interceptions and no touchdowns in the first half. He, he's taking a long time to kind of find a rhythm, and he can't, he can't keep doing that. I am going to go with 
the Jets in this game, Jake, and go wow, 20, back to back weeks. He's picking the Jets. 24 20, I'm going to go. Oh, I'll respond to that with great Scott. I was waiting for you to make that reference when you mentioned the running game. You said the running game has been great. And great Scott, you're picking the Jets 24 20. And I'm picking the Jets 20 to 17. I think wow. the, Eagle, the Eagles are not as good as the record. I mean, the record's not great, but. They're not as good as uh, as the record has shown. Jalen Hurts is very inconsistent, and I, I think the Jets at home are going to win. I think Zach's going to have a much better game. I think he's going to learn from the mistakes he made last week, come off hot. I think LaFleur is going to come out firing. We might see a little flea flicker, maybe a little Jake Brown double reverse special um, with Elijah Moore, but we got to see that development, Elijah Moore. You made a good point of, you know, Elijah progressed really well with everyone not named Zach Wilson at quarterback. Well, he took a step back last week. So his progression here is going to be important. Michael Carter's out, so nothing there. But are, are they getting Mims and Davis back this week, or is it too early? Though? Mims is back. Uh, he's supposed to practice. We're, we're recording this Wednesday morning. He's supposed to practice later today, uh, and they, they think he'll be back. Uh, Davis is day-to-day, um, so I don't think we'll know that until probably Friday. Well, he's going to get another receiver, maybe two. You know, he had they lost really- Keelan Cole, Jake. Keelan Cole's on the COVID list, so I think yeah, he'll probably be yeah. out for Sunday. It's it's not as bad as the Cowboys situation with COVID that's going on right now, but geez, um, in and out of COVID list are the Jets and Omri Kranz, Omni Kranz, I don't even know. What was that? Say that again there, Fauci? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Omnicron, Omni, Meta, I don't even know. What is it called? Does anyone know? There's a new variant every day. I can't keep up. I might get my booster this weekend or next weekend, but I've heard it knocks you out. So I'm going to have to do it on a Friday and, and just deal with ruining a whole weekend, which is, is tough to do. When, when you it have won't a, ruin your whole weekend. When you it'll have a social your, agenda. Well, if I get it Friday morning, cause it'll, it'll, it'll ruin, ruin my your, Friday, right? I can't no, go no, out Friday feel, night. No, no, you'll feel okay Friday. You'll, you'll ruin your Saturday is how it went for me. But I can't go out after. drinking on a Friday night after getting the That's booster. That's probably not a good idea. No, you should probably yeah. drink water is probably what you should be drinking on Friday. <laughs> Exactly. That would help. Yeah. So I, I might not be dying Friday, but it's not encouraged that I go out about Here's here, here we go, Jake. Get your booster Friday morning. Pick out the book that you've been dying to read, and you sit there and you read the book for a couple of days. And then the next weekend, when you go out with a girl, you could say, oh, I just read War and Peace last weekend. Are you familiar with it? And <laughs> – She's going to think you're a lot smarter than you are. That was a good Everybody point. wins. That, that was a good one, guys. Like, I mean, that was funny. What, I don't even know. What is War and Peace? Is that, oh like, my God. Is, is that a sophisticated novel? Actually, I think I have heard of that. I got to look it <laughs> it's up. Like the longest the book in the, it's like the longest book in the history of books, Jake. <laughs> yeah, that's, it wasn't my uh, broadcast journalism. They didn't teach me that. Although that is, I guess, journalism. Yeah, War and Peace. There you go. 82% like this book. It's by Leo Tolstoy. It's, Tolstoy. Uh, yeah. Tulsa, How many yeah. pages? Does it have a page count on there? How many pages is it? Let's see. 1,225. Yeah. There anything, you go. I mean, <laughs> anything without pictures in it that's like more than two <laughs> or 300 pages. I mean, I never even read Harry Potter, for Christ's sake. 300 is like my cap. One book get into the four figures. Settle down. No one's get. I mean, people get that far, but not me. Anyways, Josh McCown can get very far in a book, I'm sure. He's a very sophisticated guy, and he's going to join us next on Gangs All Here. So there was never a time where you wanted to kick Kaz's ass for a story or a headline, huh? <laughs> Not never raining with Josh. Not Kaz. Uh, yeah. McCown floats it upstairs. Caught. Jeremy Curley is gone. Touchdown, Jets. They try to run for it. McCown splits defenders and gets the first down. And McCown, way fit. McCown 
middle field. Jermaine Curse. Big connection on a deep ball. Rope by McCown. McCown lunging his body. Touchdown, Jets. McCown gets in. McCown steps up. McCown will run for the first down. The escapability is real. McCown will throw it. The floater is caught. Touchdown. Safarian Jenkins. McCown guns it. Caught. Blasted. Forte. Touchdown, Jets. McCown will run for it. Josh McCown. Elderly legs doing the damage. McCown, he can take off. He's got the first, and he's got the touch. That montage you heard was courtesy of CBS Sports with Ian Eagle on the call. And now it's time for our special guest, Jake. Take it away. Joining us on Gangs All here is a friend of the program, a second time on the show, former NFL quarterback, 18 seasons, two of those coming with the Jets in 2017 and 2018, the Cardinals, Lions, Bears, Dolphins, Panthers, 49ers, Bears, Bucks, Browns, Eagles, Texans, Jets, and the Hartford Colonials. He's now the Rusk High School football coach where he's coaching his son. Let's welcome back to the show, Josh McCown. Josh, how are you, man? How you been since the last time we spoke? I'm doing well. Been good. Just coaching some ball and uh, coaching some high school ball and having some fun and made a little playoff run. Got to the second round and our season ended there. So we're we're done. So been able to kind of catch up on some NFL ball, which has been fun, but uh, fun season. And uh, one I'll never forget. A lot of good memories getting to coach my son. So a lot of good football, too. So so doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing well, good, man. You know, just gained about 20 pounds over the Thanksgiving break. I was down right outside Waxhaw. I drove by, you know, yeah. drove through the old Providence down south, see the old house. My my family's now in Lancaster, about 10, 15 minutes away from there <laughs> on the border. So I had 12 days. It was cows, horses, everything. Just a different lifestyle than here, as you know, Josh, from uh, New no York. Doubt as I'm here in Astoria, Queens, and back to the freezing cold weather. But uh, is this news? But Are you a grandfather now? Yeah, I am. I am. Congratulations. Wow. Yeah, since June. So, yeah, we've got a, we've got a little one, Amaya June, a little granddaughter, and she is the sweetest thing in the world. My daughter's there in the University of Tennessee. She just graduated in May. And, yeah, we're we're proud grandparents having a good time. Because I asked this because my mom said, you know, I said I'm interviewing Josh again. <laughs> and, and if you listen to her last time, you know, my mom tutored Josh's daughter. And, and she said, uh, That's right. I believe he has a grandkid now. So ask about his grandkids. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think she tutored her in math. So, so tell her she can count to one right now. <laughs> one, one kid and, and she's giving her all she wants. She's learning, growing up fast. And that's been good. She's been, been a great mom. So we're, we're really proud of her so yeah I, you, you you rattled off all those teams i don't know i didn't hear the, the marvin ridge mavericks in there uh, yes yes you, I, I forgot. we we talked about that last time how you volunteered coach your quarterback's coach my guy right. kj was there and maybe soon to be you know I, i'm not going to keep dwelling on it, but we talked about future coaching maybe cause future playing still he's got the phone on his side awaiting a potential call you know there's these cor- cause mentioned quarantine quarterbacks last yeah. show with with these yeah. QBs going down with COVID. So I, I know your, your hair is staying ready for sure. I know you're staying. Well, you manage the things that you can control, and that's the hair. That's all I got right now. So um, everything else is, you know, always up in the air. But, you know, you never know. Uh, I'm having fun coaching right now, so I don't know. If, 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 when the phone rings, it's, it's, it's rung a few times this season. 
uh, I don't know if we're, we're going to be answering quite yet. Oh, 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 you got to follow up on this. It, your phone has rung. It just it was your agent saying, "Would you be interested in going here?" What is what is that? Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not going to break any news. It's just. It, it's just <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. It's it's wrong, and uh, we, I, suffice to say, we it wasn't even a, a deal of like let's let's answer and get involved. I was in the middle of the high school season, and, and uh, we were rolling, and so I kind of said, "Hey, man, you know, let's let's just keep that on the shelf," but. Uh, you know, once we were out of the playoffs and we've been catching up this last week, and he's like, oh, yeah, there's been some teams that kind of beat around the bush and, you know, checking on availability. But it's just it's not the right time right now. See, Kaz, that's loyalty right there. Or bad teams calling, Jake. No, I, just, <laughs> I wanted to stay available for, for you know, this podcast. So uh, <laughs> thanks, Josh. You know what I'm saying? Josh, have you um, did you get to see the Jets Texans game on Sunday at all? Did I did. I did. I watched. I was trying to flip between a, a lot of games. It's kind of the first Sunday home, not not game planning for high school ball. So uh, I was just trying to overload on on all the NFL stuff, and and was certainly being you know, all the list of teams. Two of the teams <laughs> that I was with most recently. So yeah, I was I was trying to to trying to watch that thing closely, and uh, a lot of back and forth. Some you know, kind of what you expect. Both of those franchises are kind of in the same mode. And uh, so it was, it was some similar football on both sides where you had good moments and you had a lot of inconsistencies. And uh, But good for the Jets, you know, kind of going through everything they've gone through. And then obviously Zach coming back off of injury to go in there and get a win. You know, people, you look at that game and the records of those teams and everybody writes it off. But I'm just telling you, when you're in it and when you're one of those players, you don't, it's, it, it doesn't matter to you. You know, you're this is your job and, and as a professional, you want to go out and compete. And so so I thought, you know, on both sides, those guys are playing hard. And I think those coaches are the foundation that they're trying to lay for the future of their organizations, respectively. Well, you know, you saw that on the field Sunday. So uh, some good things as far as how, how hard they played and the effort that they played with. What were your takeaways from watching Zach, Josh? I, it was kind of a, an inconsistent performance from him. First one back after missing four weeks. What, what did you think watching him? I think you hit it on the head, Kaz. I, I think it was inconsistent. It's right along. It is consistent with what we've seen so far, which is there's flashes of the things that that he's capable of doing. And so for him, it's just it's just chasing consistency as far as you know getting that completion percentage up, uh, making the easy throws that are there, and uh, and continuing to move the football. And that's going to happen. I mean, it's you have veteran players when they're coming off of injury that struggle their first time back out. And so I think that a little bit with him, you know, he's a rookie and he hasn't played much. So you hope down the down the stretch here, you know, and I don't know if if this extra game in the NFL season will benefit anybody more than Zach Wilson if he gets to continue to play and stay healthy. Uh, but you hope that the time away watching, you know, will benefit him because, you you know, he can kind of take a break and digest some football. Now, <laughs> he's had to watch two or three different guys do it. So I don't know if that's good or bad, you know. But at the same time, maybe he's watched, whether it's Mike, Josh, Joe, he's watched those guys in their process and maybe he's taking some things from their process and going, okay, I need to add that to what I do. My preparation. I need to, I need to, I need to stop doing this. This is not helping me get ready for Sunday, but maybe this will. So that's what he's learning and discovering about himself is what does it take me to be ready on Sunday and how am I going to be prepared to play? And that's an ongoing journey for, for a young player to develop that routine and to kind of hone in on it. And you hope that these last, let's call it five or six weeks, as we run down the season, you hope that he starts tightening that up, that when you get into next season and the off season, you work with that mindset. Okay, I'm ready to go. I have this plan of how I'm going to go you know, Sunday to Sunday and play good football. Josh, you know, a lot of people want to talk about his skill set, what he can do, what he can't do, but everyone looks at him and says he can throw it deep, he can make the big play. 
We haven't seen a lot of it. Is it too early to panic? Like there are Jets fans who are panicking because they look at the Patriots quarterback, Mac Jones, who's lighting up the NFL in his rookie season and and has been a big storyline. Is it just too early for Jets fans, especially with the injuries, to panic? Yes, and I I think you got to be careful with the comparison. I believe you got to look at it and say, okay, you know, who was – who was the player coming out of college? Like Mac Jones, if you watch the college tape, like Mac Jones is not doing anything different than what he did on co- in college. That was his tape. That's what he did. He, he he played in a system. He processed football at a high level, and he got the ball out of his hand quickly. And he had a high completion percentage. And the shocker, that's what he's doing. You know, now thankfully for Mac, don't don't I don't need to make it too simple. Thankfully for Mac, he went to an organization that was structured to do so. It would be different. Had he gone to an organization, Jacksonville or the Jets, somebody that's rebuilding and, and starting from ground zero where the structure's not there. New England's structure's been there for a while. And, and, the, and the coach, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but he's pretty good. So I think there's a that was a great fit for, for them. I think the reasons that you picked Zach Wilson were because of those things that you've talked about. And you haven't gotten to see him because, you know, obviously he's not been healthy, but those things to me, that skill set, when, when you're talking about out of the pocket, making those extra plays and all that, that comes from playing within the framework of a system. That is not a plan. I don't believe you can play successful football just going, hey, we're going to roll the ball out there and watch this kid run around and throw the ball deep. That's not a plan. You can't do that. The National Football League is too good. You can't do that. So to me, for Zach to be successful, it's playing great football on first and second down where he, his completion percentage is high and he's putting the ball in the right guy's hands and letting him do the, do the work. And then those other plays, the skill set, the gifting that he has, they come alive on third down and on some of those first and second down plays when there's nothing there. But right now he's not operating in a, in a, in a baseline of, of just you know solid football because it's such a new thing for everybody, new coordinator, new personnel. You know, So I think getting into comparisons with, with Mac Jones, it's two different situations. And it's two different players, and the expectations should be different, and uh, the arc should be different. I think if we're sitting here this time next year having the same conversations, then maybe there's cause for concern. Uh, but right now, I think you know everybody needs to pump the brakes on that, let this kid grow, let this organization grow. See, because the output for for Zach on the back end, if those skill sets are what we believe they can be, then now you're talking about a very special player. So that's. When, when the personnel group at the Jets, you know, picked Zach, I think that's what they're betting on is, you know, the high-end skill set, what he can be at the top is pretty elite if, if they're right. So I think that's going to take some patience. And it means that maybe early on it's not going to look as good as Mac Jones, but maybe that ceiling is higher at the end of that. Josh, along those lines, I felt this way about Sam Darnold, and I kind of feel this way about Zach, too. They, they're better off kind of operating when things break down. Like Sam was amazing when things break down. He would make great throws. And I think Zach, we've seen that a little bit, too. And what we saw at BYU – how hard is it for guys like that who who are athletic and can make those like just splash plays to say, okay, no, I'm going to throw it to the running back and pick up five yards here rather than trying to make that play 40 yards down the field? How hard is it for them to learn how to operate within the offense like you're talking about? Yeah, I think it's very hard early, especially because – I mean, you think about it like when you're playing high school football and college football, and that's kind of your get out of jail free card. Oh, I'll just run around and make a play, and it works. Like it, it is. It actually is a plan. You can actually. I watched it this year, coaching high school football against some other teams. You can actually go out there and go, "Hey, Bo, just just run around and make a play," and they can do it because the talent is less. 
that's not so much in the NFL. And untangling those years of reps where your brain goes, I'll just move around and, and make a play, that's hard. And it takes time and it takes a lot of intense coaching and, and just work by the play and from the player side too, really working on and that's what I'm talking about, his process, how he's going Sunday to Sunday and preparing to play the game and how that preparation is going to tie his feet and his heart and his mind to how he's going to play the position from the pocket and get rid of the football and not rely on those things and just go, okay, you know, because at the end of the day, they're going to be those moments. I think we saw this, we've seen this with Patrick Mahomes. We're seeing kind of the manifestation of this right now and how his year has played out, right? Kind of freewheeling the, the, the first few weeks and didn't win as many games and kind of needed to tighten that thing back up, make sure we're, you know, get the completion percentage up, throw the ball from the pocket, make plays, and then let some of the other gifting kind of take place uh, at naturally. Don't force it. And uh, and so I think that's really hard, cause I do. And some guys never escape it. Some guys, it's so much of who they are that the years needed to play from the pocket and, and really play completion football and, and, and drop back passing game, the reps needed. They've missed so many of them because they've bailed themselves out with their athleticism that sometimes it's hard to catch back up. And uh, and so I think it's there's a premium on being able to do that. And you see the guys that have, you know, maybe they're physically not as gifted. And so they've played that way their whole career, i.e. Mac Jones, we're talking about. And you go, OK, well, why is he stepping to the NFL and look like he's been there for 20 years? Because he's played that way his whole life. He doesn't have the physical gifting to bail himself out. He's had to do that. So uh, and I think over time, that's what we've seen that that wins. And I'm not I, I think athletic quarterbacks are at a premium. Like we need to have those guys in the league. But until somebody knocks that dude off the throne down in Tampa, <laughs> 44 years old, standing in the pocket and, and dicing up our league. And it's just physics. You're throwing the ball from A to B. It's the fastest way to get the, the ball from A to B is throwing it in the air. And so until that changes, throwing from the pocket and playing from the pocket will be a premium in our in our league and being accurate. So those guys, those young players have to really drive themselves into that space with intensity so that they can get those reps and get better. Because if you're just saying, man, I'm going to go and I'm going to run around and I'm going to do all this, like that sounds good. And it does work for some people a little bit. But I think long-term sustainability and success rate, that's not a plan that's hard to do. And it's, it's hard for those young guys to really – and it ta- sometimes it takes getting knocked around a little bit to you know realize that and go, you know what, i got to figure out a different way to, to play this position. Can you take us inside the quarterback saga that we saw? Because you've been in a backup quarterback spot, and it was a funky sequence of events from Zach getting hurt – to Mike White jerseys flying off the shelf after his win over the Bengals, to you know the Jets getting Joe Flacco, to even Josh Johnson coming in there and playing well. It was a quarterback carousel, and I'm sure you've been in that spot where you came in, you had a great game, and then a week or two later, you either were not good or you're relegated to the bench. Can you take us inside the mindset of this quarterback reality show in Jets land we've had in the past uh, four to six weeks? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, for, for the coaches, I think first and foremost, like it's a it's so hard on them, you know, from a play calling standpoint. Long term, I think it's good for him, especially for, for the young play caller, because it, it, it's going to stretch him and grow him because he's having to deal with trying to call plays and, and game plan for a different player, you hope that you don't have to ever go through that. But he's kind of got to go through probably 10 seasons in one right now, getting to deal with the different quarterbacks that he's had. And, you know, by all accounts, it seems like they've managed the emotions of that well. Um, those guys are all pros. Josh Johnson's a stud. He's a pro. And so happy for Mike White to come in and play, you know, some good football. I just think from an outside perspective, and especially from a Jets fan's perspective, they're so hungry for somebody to play well at the position. 
And so Mike jumps out there and plays well for, you know, a game or so. And we're like, oh, man, let's get excited. And then this, like I keep saying, this game is hard, man. This is the National Football League, and it is a tough position to play. And it will humble you very quickly. And so those things can change in, in an instant. The passion of the, the Jets fans is warranted, but the expectations need to be kind of, you know, leveled, you know, what they're building right now. But for the guys in the room, that's that's a hard deal because you got to support one another. You just have to. And again, my, my heart goes to the coaches because you're, you're trying to game plan and be competitive with different players at the same time, trying to train a young guy to play the position and to get the most out of him. So that's not an easy task. And, and I don't wish that on anybody, but you know, kudos to those guys for coming in and playing good football. Uh, you know, everybody that's, that's gotten in there, whether it's Joe, Josh, or Mike coming in there playing good football. I think that's a credit to, to the room, Matt Cavanaugh and, and, and LaFleur and those guys that are in there working hard. Josh, the, uh, the Jets play the Eagles this week, another one of your, your former teams. You were there in 2019 and it kind of, it felt like, you know, they, they'd won the Super Bowl a few years before and it felt like they were set up for a long run there with Carson and Doug. Were you shocked at, at how that kind of just fell apart as quickly as it did uh, last January? Because now they're coming in here and it's like a completely different team than, than, than the ones yeah. in the last few years. I wouldn't say shocked. You know, if I probably if it was my second or third year in the NFL, I would say, yeah, I was shocked because you think all of these things are, you know, you see a team win a Super Bowl and you think it's like, you know, they're set for success for years to come. But, you know, after you've lived this business for a while, you you, you know that it can change in a heartbeat. Not surprised because it, it's the league and it's it's what happens. Um, and, and it just lets you know how quickly things can change. And that's why Jets fans, you got to stay patient because <laughs> – this thing can change, it, you know. You're, it never changes, Josh. You know, it can change the other way. So it hasn't. It hasn't been ten years for them, though, Josh. That they're dying. I know. I, I hear you. I hear you, Kaz. I know. But I'm, I appreciate I mean, the positivity. Like, it's got to change at some point, right? It's got to change know? at some point. Yeah. And I think they got the right guy. I, I do. I think Robert's the right guy. But it's just about laying the foundation. Just a hard thing to do, you know, in year one to to have these high expectations. So. You got to get the young quarterback playing, get him more reps, and he's going to grow and get better. You also need a defense. I mean, I'm sure you've been on teams where you're like, "Good God, our defense!" I mean, you can't say it ever, but you know, now looking back at it, you're like, "God, oh, the defense stinks." So this year, a lot of inexperienced defenders as well. Are you rooting for the Jets or the Eagles, or are you just rooting for both teams to have fun, Josh? Listen, here, here's my thing. I root for offensive football. I, that's what that's one thing I've learned about myself, especially being you know kind of out and watching uh, watching the games on Sunday. Is like my 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 wife, my family. Like, well, who are you going for? And I'm like, I'm not going. I'm going for the offense. The offense. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> like, you know, like I want those guys to move the football and score. I want the score to be a hundred to a hundred. You know what I mean? So I just root for good football and really good. You know, I say the offense on both sides of the ball. I just like to see guys make plays and love the league and love the men in the league so much because of my time there and good hair and, and good arms. I mean, that's the McCown motto, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you got the hair gel and you got you could be quarterbacks. I mean. Can you have a family member play receiver or running back? What's going on? Well, listen, little little brother played receiver. He, I'm gonna brag on him. He played receiver this year. Shoot, we had one we had one receiver go over 100 yards or 100 catches, which was crazy. And then little bro had he had like huge yards per catch and finished his last game with like 10 for 180 something and two touchdowns. So I mean, I'm gonna tell you guys, there's nothing like I've had a lot of experiences. You know, obviously in, in different NFL stadiums and there's you know the, we got beat the last pass my son threw 
was to his little brother, and it was a touchdown. His last high school pass, and it was a pretty cool experience. So so there was nothing more special than that. And this season, for me, it's pretty high up there. Watch my sons play, and then and there's the whole thing, just these, these coaches I got to work with and the kids on our team. It was just really, really cool. So, yeah, yeah, hair and, hair and throwing the football is about all we got. So we're going to ride that train as long as we can. Well, you know, your son's done. So now, you know, the NFL team's calling either player or coach. I know you interviewed for the Texans job. I know it was important for you to coach your son, but he is off now. So I know the Jets have, you know, 54 quarterback coaches. So I don't know if they're going to have an opening. I would love to see you in the NFL next year coaching. And uh, I think you'd be a good fit, Josh. Well, thank you. We'll see what happens. You know, I'm, I can't even make up my mind on what I'm going to have for lunch today. So one, one hour at a time for me. But uh, I know this. I'll be around football in some way, shape, or form. I love the game. I love what the game teaches all of us. And uh, it's fun to be a part of. Picking what to have for lunch is a struggle. I can relate with you daily, Josh. Um, you know, I know you got to go. You're in the classroom right now. I think it's a classroom. Or is that your coaching office? I don't know. This is, this is our head coach's office. Coach Sitton let me borrow his office so I could you know, hang out with you guys. And uh, very thankful for that. Um, got a lot of you see, got some plays on the board, man. These guys, they grind down here. Texas, Texas high school is different, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. They they get after it. Friday night lights. Josh McCown, always great having you on. Hopefully, we'll check in with you uh, before the season ends and have a happy Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and uh, Happy New Year. And we'll talk to you soon. Likewise, fellas. Thanks for having me. The most favorite things in my career was being a New York Jet, and I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. All right, all right, all right. That says hasta la vista, baby. To episode 88, the Al Toon edition of Gangs All Year, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. I think I made enough movie references on this show. That was Matthew McConaughey. That was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Great Scott from Back to the Future earlier. And that is why I am Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. That's why he's Andrew Hartz. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me in producing the show. Hartz, I got this for Hanukkah. My brother Ben, shout out to Ben and uh, his girlfriend Allie, got me these coasters and they have like Mets big moments on them, and it's the field and the box scores. You know, we are in the season of gifts, so you can gift your lover with a subscription to the Gangs All Here podcast. It's free of charge on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. But I am very much a gift card guy, and I hate myself for it. Get my brothers an Amazon gift card. I need to do better this year. So on this close and this show and next show, we're going to try to plan out what I'm going to get my brothers and family that shows that I cared and put time into it the best thing about gift cards, though, is that you literally give them the gift card and say, hey, listen, get whatever you want. And there's no disappointment there. You can't get anything wrong. So in that sense, you did everything right. I don't want to disappoint someone and get them something they don't love. Like my mom got me socks with my dress socks with my initials and cash. And the cash is my favorite part. But not many people are going to see my initials on these dress socks. So it is a cool gift. I need a dress socks, but I'm not exactly flexing JRB to people. You know, when I go to these like charity events that I've signed. Especially having Jake Brown on the socks would be good, but would you wear socks that said Podfather on it? I'd hang them in the Louvre. Is it Louvre, Louvre? And I took French, but is it Louvre? Is it Louvre? Or is it Louvre? Like, how do you pronounce it, Arts? Can we get the bottom I, of this? I usually say the Lord. But now, hearing you say it three different ways as well, it's kind of making me doubt my own way of saying it. I don't think there's a correct way, quite frankly. Next episode, we are going to have the perfect pronunciation of Louvre. You know, get me a gift and go on Apple Podcasts right now. Give us that five-star rating. Write in a nice review. We appreciate it. Happy Annika, folks. We're Brian Costello. I'm Jake Brown. Enjoy Jets, Eagles, and MetLife, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Peace.